I don't know any of this. I'm looking at this is all irrelevant and also all before the podcast because we haven't like introduced or we're professionals. Yeah. everybody uh welcome to star shard a podcast for people who look at the lore of kingdom hearts and think what if it was worse uh what if it was worse i'm holly uh i use she her pronouns and you can find me on tumblr at holly frosty uh and i was on there before elon musk bought twitter <laughs> uh i'm storm i use they them pronouns uh you could probably find me on twitter but I don't I'm not on there. Yeah. I am nowhere. Yeah, and if you're listening to this way in the future after uh the Tumblr apocalypse, uh just go to hollyfrosty.com. It'll point to wherever I'm currently stationed at. <laughs> <laughs> so, the we, the weird thing about this podcast is we are recording it out of order because we we recorded the final episode of this season already. Because we didn't want to spoil what we were going to be doing. But we also wanted to record our live reactions to what we were doing. And there were some reactions. Yeah. Uh, So what we are doing is we are the writer's room for a new Kingdom Hearts game. Uh, And we have gotten our assignments from the Disney execs of what movies and other properties we have to include. Some iconic films and... uh... Since everyone knows. Yeah, by which we mean uh, I compiled a list of every single thing that is currently on Disney Plus, and we used a random number generator. Yep, that's that's how decisions are made in writing yeah. rooms. And then we looked at all of our uh, great options for uh, worlds that we were going to, and we decided that the only protagonist to fit uh, very clearly within the uh, Kingdom Hearts lore that we are sticking to uh, very closely uh, is Experiment Stitch 626. <laughs> Experiment 626. I think I said Experiment Stitch 2 Stitch. <laughs> I mean, it's accurate. <laughs> yes, we are writing the game Experiment Stitch 26. <laughs> oh, he's going back now. So, yeah, uh, we're going to be following around this uh, blue little monster as he ends up places. Yeah, uh, and if you are listening to this and you're thinking, I don't know anything about Kingdom Hearts, uh, don't worry. I don't think you'll need to. Uh, we are going to talk about where this falls in the lore. But I think that knowing about the lore will actually make this a worse listening experience. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I think the Kingdom Hearts lore, if you know too much about it, it just it bogs down a lot of creativity. Uh, that you can just uh, let your brain wander if you don't know anything. 
Yeah. So, uh, one of the fun facts about the the Lilo and Stitch universe in Kingdom Hearts is that the entire plot of Lilo and Stitch happens off screen between the prequel game and the first game in the series. Yeah. Stitch is a very interesting character in uh too. Yeah. So where where we leave off, uh where we're starting from is the end of uh the the what is nominally the Lilo and Stitch world in the prequel game, Birth by Sleep, uh, which is Stitch escaping from the the space station that happens in like the first five minutes of Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, that big like bulbous ship by stealing a cop car. Yeah. Go Stitch. Yeah. And I think uh in true Kingdom Hearts fashion, uh the game would open up with Stitch driving away in this stolen cop car and uh maybe nodding off to sleep a little bit. Uh, yeah. Because it... we have to have a nice little dream sequence. Of course. Gotta have uh there's got to be a lot of uh, stained glass, as it were. Yeah, so uh, all, a lot of the Kingdom Hearts games uh, open with a section called Dive to the Heart, which is a very abstract dream sequence where the protagonist, usually some form of Sora... Gets very confused. Yeah, floats down to like a big stained glass platform of either himself or characters who matter. Uh, <laughs> my pitch here is that Stitch floats down to one of the uh, protagonists from Birth by Sleep that he has just uh, made friends with and then uh, left behind. Uh, I mean, we could, we could stick with the theme and have him go down to Ven because that just... I mean, it's usually some form of Sora that you go down to. Yeah, and... Uh, at the beginning of each game, uh, to choose how your stats line up, there's uh, three weapons you can pick from. The Dream Sword, the Dream Shield, and the Dream Rod. My pitch is that Stitch takes all of them. <laughs> Stitch is very good at stealing. Uh, that does seem like right up his alley. Yeah, and since this would be basically the tutorial level, I have a pitch for how... Stitch's combat works in this game. Uh, Do tell. He's got a gun. So, uh, have you ever played um, the uh, PlayStation 2 classic Shadow the Hedgehog? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, have a gun? Uh, so, so, in Shadow the Hedgehog, most of your weapons are guns, but you can also pick up, like, swords and stuff. Uh, oh, sweet. Uh, my pitch is, like, Stitch can switch between, like, using his laser blaster and, like, melee attacks. Because... I mean, he's got some sick-ass claws. Yeah. Um, like, since we're not actually making this game, because we kind of like owning things and not being sued into poverty by the Disney Corporation... Uh, and Square Enix, they're very litigious. Yeah, the, yeah, the mouse and and uh, cloud, mouse and cloud will will both come for me. <laughs> Just you, I'm safe over here. Yeah, 
No, I think I'm closer to a Disney uh, park area. Yeah, yeah, I I can escape to Canada. There's no there's no mouse there. <laughs> there's no mice. No, you have to go to Alberta. There's no rats there either. God, I I still do not fully understand what is <laughs> happening with the Alberta rat meme. That, that is like one of my favorite facts about Canada that I've ever learned from having a Canadian friend. It's just that Alberta is a dead zone, uh, which is great for when Disney takes over the world. The last stand. Yeah. Also, also our friend with all the swords lives there. So, you know. Yeah, yeah that that's true. <laughs> uh, so I think like this is, you know, like I said, this is usually pretty standard tutorial area. Um, you know, Stitch probably has some some sort of weird narration that uh is very unclear uh very potentially in that weird alien language <laughs> so like even the audience cannot understand anything that's being narrated but it has to be very clear that it's very cryptic yes and stitch is just ignoring it fighting off shadow heartless yeah. uh Stitch, I was going to say, Stitch seems like the one to skip the tutorial. Yeah. Like, it's saying things to him, but he's just shooting things. Yeah. And there's always a boss at the end that, uh, for Sora, is uh, Dark Side, which represents uh, the shadows that he faces, and it sort of looks like a massive shadowy version of himself. Roxas fights the Twilight Thorn, which represents his weird history and is sort of a big noodly white version of himself yeah there's lots of zippers yeah my pitch for stitch uh is a version of dark side that is based on this character i found by clicking around uh who is from the uh stitch anime uh Experiment Triple Zero Cyber. <laughs> <laughs> the original uh the original uh design for Stitch. Wait, does the anime or uh, Stitch anime separate from the cartoon show? It is a sequel series. It it takes place after Lilo and Stitch the series. I gotta tell you this uh art quality does say sequel. Yeah, so this is um, this is set um after Lilo has grown up a little bit, um, but okay. theoretically, Experiment Triple Zero would be out there, and okay. also like this is just a dream sequence, so you know, time be fucky. Yeah. Uh, do you think that there'd be Heartless at this point? Because it is after all that goes down yeah so i was going to talk about that also because this is an audio medium uh i'm thinking i might cut together like a video portion that's basically a slideshow of any visual aid i've mentioned but like so people can see this beautiful in case people are just listening uh the experiment triple zero uh looks like stitch but with it's a cyborg stitch <laughs> uh basically 
like with a hook hand and like metal spider legs and like a weird like unicorn horn off to the side. Yeah, his his legs look like like fishing hooks. Yeah. And it looks like he has a gun for an arm or something. Gun or a needle or something. It's very I sharp. Don't know. Yeah. And the but the derailing from, you know, the lore that the very important lore that we need to discuss. Of course. At this point, uh in our chat, I mentioned that it's very interesting deciding what the main enemies are, because at this specific point, the unversed are about to stop being a thing, and artificial heartless have not started being a thing. Yeah. It, it depends on how long after Birth by Sleep are doing. Yeah, which I would think like it would be I was thinking pretty much like immediately like the plot of Deep Space ends and then we pick up pretty much immediately. So this is right after he accidentally shoots off the uh, hyperspace. Yeah. Thing. Okay. Yeah. So this is like probably mid Birth by Sleep. Yeah. Well, I think Deep Space was sort of near the end. Yeah, it was but... in that last little group of worlds. Yeah. But I realized or I looked this up to try and justify the thing I'm about to say. Uh, <laughs> the the pure blood heartless, the shadows, neo shadows, etc., did exist at this point. They weren't common in the realm of light yet, but uh, there is a scene of like Ventus fighting them um, during his training with Master Xehanort. Um, oh yeah. All of the people who have not played Kingdom Hearts have, have stopped listening to the podcast, and I'm so <laughs> sorry. Because uh, we're going to be like, huh, funny, funny things. You remember that one scene in, like, Dream Drop Distance where they did this thing? Okay, okay. back on topic. Uh, Stitch. Stitch goes through the tutorial, fights, fights a big robot monster version of himself that's cloaked in shadow. Has to uh, answer three questions that make no sense. Yeah. And then uh, wakes up, realizes that he's lost control of his spaceship, which according to the Disney wiki is just called the red one. Do you think, question, do you think the three people asking him questions would be Terra, Aqua, and Ven? Um, that seems like it would make sense. The three people that he has made friends with. Yeah, I mean, it. it's... It's going to be very weird, like, putting this in the timeline where it's like, Stitch is going to learn what friends are, and then land in Hawaii and have suddenly forgotten what friends are, and have to learn it again. Well, sometimes when you hit a planet really hard with a spaceship, uh, it causes amnesia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that seems like Kingdom Hearts logic there. <laughs> anyway. There's a lot of amnesia. And so, does his tutorial thing... And we're going to move on, right? Yeah, I think that uh, Stitch wakes up in the ship, uh, realizes that he's lost control, and goes hurtling towards a world. Uh, and we we see Stitch, I think, crash into the water here. There's a lot of it in this in this uh, world. Yeah, you know... You know, where Stitch typically crashes his ship. Uh, 
and the title card for the world comes up. A Sportsman's Island. And there's probably lots of glitter and a cool transition. Yeah, like some uh, some rock music. Uh, Someone go- really going off on a French horn. Yeah. Hey, Storm, do you want to talk about our first movie, the 1980 <laughs> uh, classic Sultan and the Rockstar? Absolute classic. I remember watching this when I was a week ago. And it it's uh it starts off with probably when the title card shows up, we're gonna cut away from Stitch and go to Paul. Yeah. Oh, his name is Paul, right? Yes, his his name is his incredibly forgettable name is Paul, which I of course remember clearly from when I watched this movie in its debut on TV when I was negative fourteen years old. Uh <laughs> Of course. We we all remember this movie. So gotta set up the conflict of the world and the character that's gonna be in our party, Paul. Yeah, the the most uh the best fighter that we could possibly have in our party to begin with. To begin uh, with Paul Winters, a um the most the most spark well, not the most sparkly. We're I'm talking eighties, but uh oh, a, true. a moderately spark sparkly uh eighties twink of a man. Uh he's got the hair. Yeah, the 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 world opens with him performing a rock show uh in front of a crowd of screaming teenage girls who are just ready to tear him apart as he finishes his song, uh, which is uh, called uh, Deeper in Love, which is cited on the Wikipedia page. I do not know if there's any way to get that song isolated from the movie, even though they make a big point of like, yeah, this is the one song that's written by it, these people. You can't click on the uh, name of the thing. The people who wrote it, their names are red, which means they don't have... Do they have pages? Oh, this guy does not have a page. Nope, they have no pages. Uh yeah, the only the only blue links on here uh that aren't like generic things are uh the actors the the main actor, um the two main villains. And uh both how older. Yeah. Yeah, who's Shrug Fisher? No, not Shrug Fisher. Shug Fisher. Oh, that's so much better. Sh- thought... Shug. Shug. <laughs> he looks like a Shug. Yeah. I don't know what a Shug looks like, but I guess he does. <laughs> oh. uh, so, Paul is currently just, he just, he wants a break. Yeah, he is, he is, he is chased off stage by these these uh frothing fans after after they call him back on stage for an encore and then he just waves at the audience and then leaves which i is not really how encores work i don't think yeah he just goes off stage takes a few breaths looks very tired and comes back on stage yeah he waves he doesn't play another song but he does come back and wave and then leave again I mean, he barely played a song in the movie so i think asking for an encore is a bit 
ask you a bit much. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fair. Uh, but he is uh, led into a limousine by some security guards or police officers who are pushing back the fans. And he is in there with uh, his manager and his mom just asking to take a break. He just, he just, he just wants some time to himself, which honestly, mood. Yeah. Uh, his manager is fighting back on this, pointing out that he is in the middle of a tour, which f- fair. Not just in the middle of a tour, but like in the middle of a tour about to go into like another tour or like a movie deal or something. Yeah, I, I forget the exact details, but it's like, oh, well, we can't take a break in the middle of the tour. Well, what about after the tour? Well, then you have this other thing. Well, what about after that? No, I, I you have this other thing lined up after that. It's like mm. the movie is about the the perils of burnout. Yeah, so uh, we we at this point we see him get rejected in his uh, his Plight? his attempt at freedom. His mother agrees with the manager. After a while, she looked like she was about to give in. And then I think at this point we can. Uh, this is this would be a very bad game because the beginning of this world is very cutscene heavy, but <laughs> I think we would then cut away to showing uh one of the main villains of this world, uh Alec Frost, who is bringing a uh a tiger onto an island. He he looks he looks unhinged this this man. He is very clearly a villain. Yeah, very, very clearly a villain, especially when he starts yelling at uh, the tiger. Yeah, he has this tiger who we who we learn is a uh, show tiger who is normally very well behaved, but was sold by the movie studio after he snapped at an actor who was taunting him. And he was sold to a rich guy named George McKenzie, who hunts animals for like exotic animals for sport on his private island yeah he just drops them in there and hunts them yeah so uh alec frost uh has the job of making this uh well-behaved show tiger into a wild animal that uh mckenzie can feel good about killing i guess i think he feels good about killing them no matter what i think he just wants the challenge and the scene is also where we meet um a problematic but not it's bad we we are two white people on this podcast we are not going to say it's not bad but like it does not get as bad as i was expecting for a 1980s disney movie yeah uh, true uh they uh care we meet the caretaker of the island who actually cares about animals joe ironwood who is native american uh, is actually played by a Native American, which is better than I expected when I looked it up on Wikipedia. Yeah, it's like, uh, I guess you got that right. And is is basically trying to say that uh, Alec is not going to be able to make this tiger mean. This is this is a tiger who is basically a kitten. Like, yeah, this tiger is a teddy bear. Like, it's essentially it, big cats can't purr, but this cat. Is essentially perfect. Yeah, but Alec Frost tries very hard to make this tiger angry 
mostly by yelling at it and poking it with a stick while he has dogs barking at it. And here's my pitch uh, for where the Kingdom Hearts bullshit can come in. Ooh. Alec Frost's dogs, uh, them's heartless. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that makes sense. It really does. I had pulled up a specific heartless that I was going to have as a reference. Uh, Is it the one in the under uh, underworld? No, because that would be an artificial heartless, and we can't have those. We have to have the ones that just look like fucked up demons. (laughs) So we can't have the cute ones. We just have to have the blobs. Okay. I mean, the shadows are cute, but yeah. Um, Let me... Why can't I find it? Oh yeah, the um, I'll drop the image in the chat, but uh, sm- maybe smaller versions of the uh, Dark Hide, which uh, Aqua fights in the secret ending to Birth by Sleep. Oh, oh yeah, those guys. Yeah, they they're they're sort of dogs, like whippet versions of them. Yeah, there would probably be a line at some point where uh, Joe has to tell the main characters that like those are no ordinary dogs and you know just leave it at that ignoring the fact that they're clearly demons from hell they've got spikes everywhere okay yeah do they they come with the change they come pre-chain installed yeah uh what we're looking at here is a, a nightmare uh it's big it's purple and vaguely lizard like and has veins just 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 google kingdom hearts dark hide it's very beautifully colored it looks like the buy flag yeah yeah uh all of the heartless uh in this game are going to be by pride heartless yes we we, we gotta put some representation in there the diversity win the the uh darkness in your heart is by yeah I I think that um we we need more bisexual heartless commanders. That is diversity. Yes, it really goes to show that you know Maleficent is really all about pushing forward voices that are marginalized in society. Yeah, Maleficent is the epitome of gaslight gatekeep girl boss, lesbian icon. Uh, so where were we? dogs dogs uh we cut away from we 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 hear the villain's plan uh it is you know make this tiger mean so that uh we can kill it yeah did we decide which where stitch is gonna come in we had a couple ideas yeah i think i like your idea the best uh i think it's just the funniest option (laughs) yeah i think uh we see Stitch crash into the water. We see him wash up on, on shore, but not his ship, because I think uh, we probably want his ship to be somewhere else so he can't just leave during what is, I guess, an extended tutorial world. Yeah, it's uh, the world where you have to know people and like form connections to have power because your friends are your power world. Yeah, like the Hercules world in Kingdom Hearts 3 for some reason. The uh, Hercules world. I love that it's just like again, is like they they know 
You know, as soon as I learned it was Nomura's favorite Disney World, I I felt so much better about it showing up repeatedly because it's like just <laughs> living the dream. Yeah, we're like if you had a, a way of showing your favorite anything in your favorite medium, wouldn't you do it? If I got a blank check from the mouse and was able to put my favorite Disney movie into every creation I made, and nobody could stop me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It would obviously be Sultan and the Rockstar. Yeah, of course. Uh, it would be in everything. Uh, yes, it got to have the tiger and uh, Paul. Yeah. So he washes up on shore. Are we catching him mid-running? Or they're going to meet before Sh- Shug? Before the- he meets Shug? Uh, I think that... Um... I think they probably meet while they're running. Uh, uh, I think, like, Stitch is looking around, and then some, like, space cops fly overhead, and Stitch starts running. Uh, yeah. Oh, we got space cops in here now. Uh... And I think uh, we also see the scene. Uh, we skipped over a, a short scene here that was in the movie where Paul Winters... Uh, Back in his hotel room, leaves a note uh, that he he is leaving, uh, and then and the note falls onto the floor, and a cleaning maid throws it away, and his mom and the manager think he's been kidnapped. Probably in the Kingdom Hearts version of this, we're just sort of brushing that aside. There's just gonna be yeah, it's just gonna be there could be like headlines saying Rockstar kidnapped. Yeah, there is actually a scene in the movie that uh that that says that. So we can we can even just include that scene later. Yeah. <laughs> Where the villains find out about him. But yeah, I think we get a scene of Paul Winters uh trying to rent a cottage just to get away from it all. Uh and pulling out this absurdly large wad of cash and start counting it out in front of this guy. Especially who... for what is essentially the seventies. Yeah, like he's got like a stack of hundred dollar bills that I would raise my eyes at nowadays. Like, you're like, what are you buying that you need that much? I mean, there are things that you would need that much for, but yeah, but like when I have people walk into my gas station with a wad of cash the size of their fist that's all one hundred dollar bills, it's like, okay, you have things where you don't you don't want to use a bank and you are very much showing that off. <laughs> I also think that's the moment where you stop asking questions. Oh yeah. I, I don't ask any questions at work, but uh, this guy does this guy um, uh, makes the, I don't know if this is a reasonable assumption because like, again, as you point out, this is 1980. This is like grand heist money. This is like, you would know if this had went missing money. And he assumes that it was stolen. It's like, no, you, you keep your nose down, and if the cops ask, then eh, maybe. Yeah, but but this guy this guy uh decides to accuse Paul of stealing. Immediately. And calls the cops, and for some reason, Paul, instead of trying to explain himself, like, hey, hey, listen, I'm I'm actually a rock star. I just need to get away from it for a while. I can make it worth your while. I can give you some extra money. He decides to start running. After he paid, he already paid. I don't think he, 
set any money down. I think he started counting it out, but I don't think he gave him any money. Huh. I mean, clearly he has no concept of what money is uh, because he just counted out this big wad of cash in front of this man like it was nothing. Did we uh, ever get an idea of how old Paul is? Um, no. Like, he's obviously, like, late teens, early 20s. Yeah, like, there's the line, a man your age, uh, where do man your age get that kind of money? Uh, I'd guess, like, 17, 18 at the most. Yeah, he's been in this, he's been in the industry a bit. So he's booking it. He's booking it. Uh, and I think that, uh, at this point, uh, Stitch is also booking it. You would probably gain control of Stitch a little bit to, like, uh, run, run to, uh, where Paul and Stitch, and Stitch, who, it's going to be very hard. We're going to keep calling him Stitch. None of the characters in this game can call him Stitch because he hasn't named that yet. Yeah, he has not gotten that moniker yet. He is 626. Yeah. But he's Stitch. Yeah, prob probably probably we can have some fun where all of the different characters give him a different nickname. <laughs> oh, I like that. Uh, it does put a lot of pressure on us to come up with said nicknames, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, it, it could just be like a lot of them might just say little guy or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I had the idea of they're both running and they both independently get into the ship. Yeah, like the what happens is Paul uh these are this is by the docks. He's trying to run a cabin by the water, just relax. Uh and he runs along the docks. Uh the police get there shockingly quickly for a guy saying, Hey, I need you to get over here right now. A kid has some money. Uh I have no other reason to suspect him other than that. Other than I'm a nosy old guy who could have just made a lot of money off of renting a room to this guy. Yeah. And the cops are like, yeah, I have, we have nothing else to do right now. Uh, and Paul goes and hides on a, uh, under a tarp by, uh, by the docks, which I think is also where Stitch hides. Yeah. They, they both get in on that boat. So I got a bit, why is the, the docks the first place you go when you're running? I don't, I, I, it made sense. It, it it did kind of make sense in the movie because it was like it was down under a wall so he could like hide. And there were a bunch of boats there where he could like duck around the sails and whatnot. True. So once aren't, isn't he like climbing into the boat just as our antagonists show up? Yeah, he's like under he's basically just just under the tarp and then a crew comes onto that boat to start setting it up as our other main villain, uh, McKenzie, drives up. He is an older man. He walks with a cane. In the movie, uh, there's a reference to um, he, he is in such poor health that he can't smoke cigars anymore. So he has his uh, chauffeur light a cigar and blow the smoke in his face. Which doesn't make any sense. Especially because the wind is so strong that the smoke does not reach his face, which I don't know if it was intentional or they just <laughs> didn't care enough to reshoot that scene. <laughs> Gotta admit, it is pretty funny. Yeah. Obviously, we do have to cut that out for our teen rating, 
Uh, otherwise, we cannot. I, I think we can't release this game in Australia if we show drug use like that. Oh, no. Australia. Uh, I don't know if it, that extends to tobacco, but I know that there's very strict rules about not showing drug use in video games. Huh. You learn something new every day. So. Uh... I, I think there might just be like a throwaway line where like um, Paul sees this weird um, blue monster under the tarp. Uh, and freaks out and then looks up to see the space cops flying overhead and is just like, oh, you too, huh? And is just... Fuck the cops. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only explanation that we get of why Paul is completely cool with this mutant koala hanging out with him. Yeah, and, and uh, Stitch is, uh, or 626, is being as... The least six two six he could be, I think. It's it's the first world. He had he can't be destroyed everything just yet. Yeah, I. You know what? I think I think the funnier version of this is he gets onto the shore. He he gets out his laser gun and then he sees the space cops and starts running before he can do anything. <laughs> He's like, oh shit! <laughs> Destruction later. Run from cops now. <laughs> The order, like the hierarchy of needs. So they set a sail, or I think it's a motorboat. Yeah, it's some some sort of vessel that that takes off. Uh, and then they get to uh, Sportsman's Island, Mackenzie's private island for hunting whatever slightly untamed animals. Uh, Detamed. Yeah. And we see a scene, a, a quick exchange, uh, setting up again the the central conflict of um, uh, Mackenzie going, uh, "You got that tiger nice and mean for me," and Frost being like, "Yeah, yeah, he's he's all he's all mean. He's 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 a killer." And um, then they they go off. There was one scene that I really liked. It was like right as they they drive off, Paul just popped his head up over the dock yeah which of course now is paul and six two stitch i, I keep saying uh for context um dear listener um it is currently 11 o'clock at night here uh i woke up for work this morning uh at uh five o'clock uh i took an hour nap in between but that is still a long stretch to go with just an hour nap. It, it's only eight here, but I'm also an insomniac, so I don't sleep well. Yeah. So they just pop up over the de dock, the deck of the dock, as these guys are wandering off. There's a blank spot in my memory between the dock and Sultan. How do we yeah, get there? Um there there's a reason for that. I was I like I rewatched it right before uh we did this call. It is very abrupt. There is very little scene setting. Um basically Paul leaves the boat, starts walking into the island, cut to him in the middle of a forest on the island and he hears Sultan roaring. Yeah, do you think in between there there would be conversation between 66 and Paul. Yeah, I, I feel like there would be something. Uh, Six, 66, I feel it would be standoffish and paranoid. Because, like, 
yeah, he's got Tara, Aqua, and Ben, but everyone else wanted to kill him. So, uh, Paul, Paul seems like a nice guy, honestly. He'd probably be like, what's your name? Where'd you come from? Uh, I, I don't know how Stitch would respond to that. I should have, like, looked up the how Stitch responds to these sorts of questions in uh, Birth by Sleep, uh, <laughs> because he doesn't have a name. He doesn't have uh, a place he came from, really. If only either of us could do a Stitch voice. I don't want to try. Yeah, what? I need, I need a, let's see. Uh, let me stitch stole let me let me find a stitch line uh no that's a line about stitch they don't even have a stitch <laughs> quote at the top of stitch's page because stitch um uh where is his ohana means family ohana means family family means nobody gets <laughs> <laughs> oh that's really sad in context because he just left them behind mm. yeah i think Maybe a way we can go about this is um, that uh, Stitch is walking around. Uh, he has his laser gun out, uh, and and Paul is like, "Hey, hey, put that away. We we don't want to we don't want to draw attention to ourselves." Do you really think we're gonna need that? Him being, I don't know, suburbanite teenager. Yeah. And Stitch. <laughs> yeah. It is a very weird, like, this is peak chaos, Stitch. Uh, I think that at some point, like, maybe maybe Stitch listens to reason for some some reason uh, and then pulls out uh, his Wayfinder. I forget if he still has it at the end of the uh, Birth by Sleep, but I'm going to say he does. Yeah, I know he has it with Ben. Yeah. For the audience listening, a Wayfinder is a um, weird little star-shaped thing that is mostly a game mechanic, but is symbolic of the fact that Stitch became friends with these three weirdos and made his own little star-shaped thing. Yeah, the, the star-shaped thing, there's a lot of star-shaped things in Kingdom Hearts, and they are rarely signifying stars. They're mostly signifying bonds. Yes. Except for actual stars, which signify worlds. Yeah, which are not together. So they are unbonded. Yes. Kingdom Hearts. Reconnect. Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> There's just a lot for the audience. There's just a lot of stuff that you just kind of have to go with. Yeah. Just understand. Imagine that you are in a blockbuster. You are a fan of Lilo and Stitch. You see this game with Stitch on the front. You pick it up. You have no knowledge of the Kingdom Hearts series. It's Kingdom Hearts 4. You're like, okay, it's like 4. Maybe I, maybe if I like it, I'll go back and play the other 3. Oh, there is no... This is definitely not a numbered edition. This has some nonsense title. <laughs> You're very right. Uh, yeah, this is a definitely... Probably, like... I think a Switch is too good for it. Like, it gave, it, 3DS. This was released on Japanese mobile phones... And was ported to the PS, uh, Vita. the PS Vita. Yes. So only diehard fans have play actually played this. Most people have just seen the cutscenes. Yes. The only the cutscenes are included in the HD remake. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. You're not gonna get to see any of the Stitch 
gameplay. Doing flips and shit. Yeah. So, where were we? They were walking through the forest. And then they hear the roar of a tiger. Stitch roars back, I think. Yeah, Stitch roars back. And then I think that... hmm, I I think what happens is Paul starts running. uh, Stitch stands his ground ready to to fight. And uh, Sultan runs right past him. (laughs) He's like... Obviously, I'm the biggest threat here. You should deal with me. Yeah, and then uh, the the info box pops up on the top of the screen. Uh, save Paul from the tiger. <laughs> and, uh, save Paul from the mysterious creature. Yeah. Yes. Because he doesn't know what a tiger is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you, we we see Stitch follow follow uh the two through the woods to a cave up on a cliff and as stitch stitch gets close uh we see a very quick cut scene of paul pressing himself against the wall very terrified as sultan puts one paw on him and then we cut back to stitch pull you pull you out his laser yeah and then stitch walks into the cave ready for a fight and sultan and paul are basically just cuddling up uh, Sultan is acting like a kitty cat, just completely, completely docile. <laughs> like headbutts and, and almost purring. Uh, I think Stitch at this point is extremely confused. Like, what what is this that's happening? And Paul is probably just like, no, it, it's okay, little guy. I I think this is uh, Sultan. He, he's, he's a show tiger. He... He he's not gonna hurt anybody. What what I love about that scene is that he doesn't go like, oh wait, hold on. No, he goes, wait, you're Sultan. Like yeah. right off the bat. He's like, oh hey. Yeah, I, I yeah, we have to keep that weird delivery in where it's like, uh Paul is like, it's okay. I, I I think he's nice. And then just look down. Oh hey, you're Sultan. I read about you. You got into some trouble. I feel the same. I feel like Stitch would see something of himself in Sultan. Yeah. Big and scary, but also cuddly. Yeah. I think Stitch would walk over, like, inspecting, like, very seriously. And Paul might reach over and ruffle the top of uh, Stitch's head. And Stitch is like, what, what, what in what the is- fuck is happening? You know, like, when you, uh... Those videos of putting something on top of a cat's head, like a flower piece of cheese, and it just like short circuit. Yeah, or or just like those videos of like slowly trying to get a feral cat to warm up to you. <laughs> just like <laughs> what? What does that mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I feel like that fits very well. Do you think Stitch would get jealous of uh, Sultan? I I think I think maybe. I, I think there's definitely like a uh, Stitch is seeing seeing what Sultan is like and is trying to get that uh, like slowly over the course of this world. Uh, I'm pulling up my notes again to see. Uh, oh, a note I made uh, that we skipped past. Uh, when Paul is running from the tiger, I made a note that he does a gay little run. Uh <laughs> <laughs> like the way he win. Th- like he is like running in such like a 
it is hard to describe like he is not running effective he is running like people have rightly criticized a scene in kingdom hearts 2 where uh Kyrie and Namine are running oh what hey they're raining down ramps and heels okay i think that it's understandable yes less understandable when paul is running like that yes <laughs> i'm a tiger uh god yeah i thought we were going to talk about sora's uh run on the beach <laughs> where no. he, he he like moves half a step for every leap he takes <laughs> no that that would be too much for paul he's got to do the the heel down ramp run uh, so I try to remember what happens after. I think it cuts to the bad guys, right? Uh, Do we... no, at this point, um, uh, Paul realizes that Sultan isn't a threat and he decides, uh, Paul's delivery in this m line deliveries in this movie are bad. Um, they're um, great. <laughs> Uh, it's like he's delivering every line out of context, uh, not knowing what the line is in reference to or after, which is is a thing that happens with like video games and animated movies. It is impressive when it is live action and an unbroken shot. I gotta say, it's very prevalent in the 70s. Like, not like the 50s, that's its own little uh, like thing, but like late 60s early 80s it has this like tone of delivery yeah so the the line that paul delivers is you know i'm kind of hungry i'm gonna go see if i can find us some food let me see if there's a store or something around here paul on his way in here has walked past two signs that say sportsman's island private island no trespassing there is not a store on this island he got chased by a tiger there's no store on this island. Like, like, unless he's using that in the sense of, like, food stores, which is what he finds. But that I don't think that's what he means. I think he's trying to find a 7-Eleven on this island. And he does pay for it. <laughs> yes. Um, he, he, finds, he, he finds the uh, storehouse and he sees uh, Joe, Joe Ironwood going in there to fetch some supplies. So he realizes, oh, yes, that's what that is. Uh, he goes inside. Telling Sultan to wait outside. Yes. Uh, also, before this, he has put Sultan on a makeshift leash. <laughs> I don't think he ever uses it. Uh, he uses it very infrequently. It He makes it out of a vine. And yeah, he, he tells Sultan to wait outside. Sultan does not listen, comes into the very small storehouse. And uh, Paul is being trying to be very quiet. He picks up like some random cans of stuff and it's like, well, we should probably pay for this, but we don't want to get caught right away. So he just splits the difference and hides some money under like a random pot. So someone's going to find and go, hey, I don't remember putting this here. No. Well, he put it under a pot. So somebody's going to find it and go, yeah. <laughs> See, I was going to make a link joke, too, and then you. I did not connect it for a few seconds. I, was... I didn't want to yell it right into my microphone, <laughs> which probably would have made it clearer, but also yeah. might have... do, do the because it's a couple hundred bucks. That's a, at least a uh, a red rupee. 
Yeah. And and Link has to hear the explanation of what money is every time. <laughs> yes. That that is something funny. You never get an explanation of why things in Kingdom Hearts are called Mooney. Yeah. M U N N Y. Yeah. It's no explanation. Yeah. I do at least like the fact that like I think there's only one time in Kingdom Hearts 1 where you can spend money with somebody who isn't like a world traveling NPC. Uh I think like you can buy some I I feel like there's a point in Agraba where the merchant is there for like 5 seconds where you can <laughs> do a shop. Other than that it's mostly Moogle. I mean, there's other people, but it's mostly Moogle. Moogle or, like, people who can travel between worlds. So it's, like, definitely, like, this very specific currency for world travelers that also explodes out of monsters for some reason, because video games. Also, health explodes out of monsters. Yeah, you know. Band-Aids. Yeah. So while he's trying to pay for this money in the storehouse, Sultan is trying to climb a... a a fet, a shelving unit. There we go. Knocking a bunch of cans onto the ground. While Paul is going, wait, be quiet. Wait, be quiet. Do you want to get? It... Oh, yeah. I think he... I think the line that he actually delivers is, "Come on, do you want to get us caught? Go outside and bang on the drum, will ya?" Like something like that, where it's like this very specific, like, "Yeah, you're making so much noise. Go out." Go out there and bang on a drum for a. For... Oh, idea. Stitch or six two six sees Sultan causing a mess accidentally because he's a tiger, and decides to cause problems on purpose. Yeah. He goes, "Oh, we're doing that now." Yeah, I think. Uh, I I think maybe. Uh, maybe maybe this is because. This is a Kingdom Hearts game. There has to be some combat, but also this movie isn't really set up for it. Uh, I think what happens is Paul gives Stitch some supplies to carry and it's like, okay, let, let's go back to the cave now. Uh, and they walk out and Stitch is in there by himself and he starts smashing stuff up and suddenly some heartless appear around him and he has to fight him. Just, yeah. You know, for an excuse. We gotta put the heartless in there somewhere. They can't just be dogs. Yeah. Like some basic shadows. They're as tall as he is. Yeah. They're kind of shaped the same, too. Yeah. <laughs> the, the shadows for the uh, viewer, uh, I think Stitch, except for a completely, like, rounded head with, like, antennas. Yeah. And they're just pitch black with yellow eyes. Yeah, if you've seen a Heartless from Kingdom Hearts and it's just this little cute shadow thing, that that's it. That, that it, That's a shadow. Yeah. Uh, the next scene... um. What actually happens is, um, what actually happens in the movie is, uh, at this point, uh, McKenzie and uh, Alec Frost are going uh, target practice. Uh, so there's a gunshot and Sultan runs off. So that that's why that's why Stitch is left by himself is because uh, Paul has to chase Sultan. Chase after the animal that he has a leash for. Yeah, which he doesn't use. Like that could have fixed that issue. Yeah. And then this this scene is very minor, so it probably wouldn't show up in the 
you know, video game adaptation that we're doing. Uh, this might end up on the cutting room floor. But in my rewatch, uh, I, I was watching it with my girlfriend. Uh, and she pointed out that there's basically a quick scene of um, Paul bathing in the river and he's he's playing with Sultan. There is like extremely romantic sounding music playing and it is very strange. <laughs> the, the music in this movie the does music fit, this... fit as, as having these romance. It is it I don't know what this the mu- mu- music in this movie is for. Like the trumpet player is going off at all times. Very very well uh I almost said well endowed. No, uh, like like well used brass section, like they just do not stop the entire movie. Yeah, well endowed with a big brass. Yeah. Oh. Uh. So, Stitch could find them while they're doing the uh thing and do a cannonball. Yeah. <laughs> just just completely ruin that scene. Uh, the the water splashes up. Um. More oh. than that, that little body could make. Yeah, I think the water splashes up over the camera, and we cut to them asleep in the cave, waking up to the sound of a gunshot um, coming off the cave wall. And at which point, Paul has to hold them both back. Yes. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> apparently world's strongest man, holding back uh, Stitch and Sultan. Um, like that stitch is ready to fight like he, he's he got his blaster he's got his claws he's ready yeah and uh after sultan doesn't come out uh there's a conversation between the villains where um alec frost is telling mckenzie like there's no way he's in there no he would have come running out if 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 there was a gunshot like that let's go search the uh opposite shore Ah, uh, yes Obviously, if there's a gunshot, you run towards it. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Alec Frost told me that. Yeah, you know. Uh, and during that, um, because they're going off, they go to get more uh, supplies, uh, which is near the cage full of the heartless dogs. Uh, this time, Sultan does stay outside and wanders off close to the dogs alerting them they start barking uh uh paul has to go get sultan and they run away do you think uh stitch has to hold off a bunch of heartless for them to run away yeah probably like i don't i don't think it's the dogs yet i think the dogs are like for some reason staying put they're more like dogs that are possessed by heartless as opposed to actual heartless i the reason why I don't like that is because I was thinking that they could be the fi- part of the final boss fight, and I don't want to fight actual dogs. That's a fair point. So I think, like, they start barking, uh, some more shadows show up, uh, Stitch fights them off, uh, and then may- maybe there are just too many, and Stitch has to flee, and at this point, uh, Joe, Joe Ironwood, uh, comes out and sees the three of them running away yeah and tracks them down because tracks them down holding a gun for 
no particular reason. I mean, he is sneaking up on a tiger. He is sneaking up on a tiger. Uh, and then there's basically a conversation of uh, Joe reveals, like, he is the caretaker of this island. Uh, he's basically on Paul's side. Um, he wants... What he advises... He he basically explains the plot of the movie again, which is McKenzie is bloodthirsty, uh, hasn't been able to hunt properly since his injury, so he just kills a bunch of exotic animals on his island. And Joe helped Joe yeah. helped facilitate that. It's unclear. Um, like he's it, it's it's a it's a very strange role that he has. It's like, hey, I'm the caretaker for this island. I work for this guy who just wants to murder exotic animals. But I'm going to help you for reasons. Yeah. I mean, th there's there's some, like, explanation you could have of, like, if he wasn't doing it, somebody else worse would be. That's a fair point. But, you know. At the same time, weird. Yeah, I mean, basically what, what he says is that Paul should give up, forget about saving Sultan, and Joe would um, uh, take him back home after um, Mackenzie had left, after presumably killing Sultan. And uh, Paul says no, uh, and then uh, the racist bit of the movie comes in where uh, Joe Ironwood is like, I have this home. It's the ancest the ancestral home of my people. Uh, it's called Enchanted Island. We can take Sultan there. Yes. That was the moment I was like, oh, I see the angle you're going with here, Disney. Yeah. we. C if we were putting this in a game today, we would probably um, soften the dialogue a little bit. Like, just like, I know an island. Where he can be free. Yeah. Which yeah. is a whole other can of worms, but we'll get to that. Yeah. I mean, but also, the Kingdom Hearts series has not softened the racism of Disney. Um, oh, no, it has not. Yeah. Uh, Dream Drop Distance sure does use the G-slur a lot. And the Peter Pan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> none of the Native American characters appear in that, but there is a prominent fight that happens in a very racist setting so you know yeah disney disney why are we doing this podcast again <laughs> <laughs> because kingdom hearts is light it it's weird is what it is <laughs> like i love kingdom hearts it's bad <laughs> it's it's real bad it gets worse all the time yeah and I enjoy every second of it, but I do recognize that it, it's it bad. <laughs> you enjoy every second of it? Okay. Atlantica exists, okay? Yeah. Where were we? Um, the racism. Uh... Right. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> this starts a trend of Joe going back and forth between Paul and bad guys with like no concept of time like he's he's there and now he's over there and now he's over there yeah so he, he's a very fast runner apparently between these two groups without leaving any trail for the bad guys to follow yeah 
which speaking of following trails uh this is the point where joe finds out and then relays to paul that um the next day they they are going all out on trying to find the tiger they're going to use the dogs to hunt which 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 joe is basically like you're not going to escape those dogs those dogs can sniff out anything and also they're weird monsters now (laughs) do you think he's aware that they're weird monsters now like Uh, al got these weird dogs i've never seen them before like yeah there's probably just like this line of i've never seen anything like it uh dogs like this before yeah i mean depending on uh how the localization team decides how racist the localization team decides to be that day there are probably a few different directions they could take it but oh definitely yeah but you know uh let's just assume the best and just say they're weird dogs i've never seen anything like that before they're 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 like no animal i've ever seen you're not getting away from those guys yeah so and then they try anyway um yeah well they they yeah they do uh next day comes and the dogs are released and they lead him lead them through the house which i thought was clever well what happens first is actually they run to the shore and they have this dramatic, like, Baywatch moment of running through the surf. Which is one of the most uh, popular uh, pictures that pops up when you search this movie. Yeah. A twink with a tiger on a leash running through the waves. He, he delivers a line that I really like. It's like, this always works in those convict movies. <laughs> those convict movies. How many convict movies have you seen, Paul? <laughs> How many convict I, movies are out in the seventies right now? Probably a decent amount. Like, I feel like this is. I I feel like cop pulpy stuff was a seventies genre, right? No, no, you're right. Yeah. So, I forget what made them decide that it didn't work. Uh, it did work for a while, and then the dogs caught up with them again. I think if we want to like sprinkle in like whatever gameplay elements, like there could be like mini fights where Stitch holds off the dogs for a second and then has to go hide uh, when the the people start showing up again, um, or something. We could have a gameplay section where Stitch has to lead the dogs away. Yeah, uh, he probably smells like a tiger. Yeah, uh, but. And then... Then, then we get to the part that you like, which is you, they, you can explain. <laughs> so they they're like, this isn't working. We gotta get these dogs off our trail, and we gotta make sure they stay off our trail. So Paul leads uh, Sultan the tiger into uh, I always forget bad guy's name. We got Alec and um McKenzie. into McKenzie's cabin which is just full of like hunting memorabilia yeah and just goes like hey just roll on everything yeah just get the tiger scent on everything just just rub against everything you can and he barricades the door and then 
knocks on it for some reason. Yeah, he barricades the door just enough that it's going to slow the dogs down. And then he slams on it to rile the dogs up enough that, like, he is... He is like using some grade A planning here where he is like timing this out where it's like, I have to get out the, I have to rile the dogs up enough that they will break through the door, but I have to make it barricade enough that I can get out the back door before they break in. Which leads me to believe that he has seen a lot of convict movies. (laughs) He loves convict movies. That's all that's on the TV when he's on tour. Yeah. I mean, he just wants to escape, you know? Oh, you're so right. He just wants to escape. He's a prison prisoner in his rock star lifestyle. Yeah. So anyway, he gets out the back door. Yeah. And the dogs come in and tear the place to shreds. Everything's filled with goose down for some reason. Yeah, it's it's the 70s. So that's how you know that the room is full of shred, like shredded, is it's full of feathers. Yeah. Uh, And uh, Mackenzie is just like, get these dogs out of here. I don't Uh, need them anymore because they're going to tear apart my house. And uh, at this point, he, he comes to a theory that's like, Frost, I think you've been lying to me this whole time. I think trying to toughen up that tiger, you accidentally shot it. And there is no tiger on this island. I'm going home. And Frost (laughs) is like, no, 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 there is a tiger. I'm not lying. I was just going to, obviously, he was going to lead him around the island forever, looking for this tiger, perpetually say, no, it's just over there. Just the conspiracy of there is no tiger. Yeah. I mean, there was like, if this was true, there was like a time limit. Like he was like on the island Sunday to Sunday or something. But that's fair. Even but still, he's also, he's also rich. He could come back. Yeah, like eventually he would catch on. But yeah, boy, if they get the dogs gone. Yeah, they get they get rid of the dogs. Um, Mackenzie starts to leave. Uh. There's a weird I don't understand the timeline at this point. Uh but what timeline? Yeah. Um now I guess after dropping off Mackenzie at the boat, Joe and Alec are driving back through the island and they drive close enough to Sultan that Sultan recognizes Alec and growls at him and Alec is like stop the truck there's the tiger get get the tiger and joe for some reason listens and, and that's joe's job in this uh story is very confusing yeah like it seems like at this point he wouldn't so much need the cover anymore i don't know yeah anyway so so sultan jumps on the pickup truck uh they they try and shake Sultan off, and then they do, and then Sultan runs away, and then Mackenzie comes back. Yeah, it's like, no, I saw it, I saw it. It's like, why did you believe him now? That like, you already think that he's lying about seeing the tiger. Who knows? But it does lead to probably the dumbest thing McKinley's ever done. 
Yeah, McKinsey, who again is an old man. He walks with a cane because of a leg injury he got while hunting in the in a in a war. I forget what happened. I it he, was no, it was a hunting accident. It was I think something like that. Uh and he's like the only place we haven't checked is that cave. It has to be hiding in that cave. Why did we go away from that cave to begin with? So Because there either wasn't a tiger in there, or there is a tiger in there. Yeah, you know. Uh, either two... way, you don't go in there. Yeah. And uh, Joe and Alec are both warning him as he's climbing up this rock face that, like, look, that tiger could be right in that the mouth of that cave. You don't want to go in there. Uh, and then... Paul has Sultan like tied up um, and is trying to hold him back. Uh, and he has him tied up to like very unstable rocks, which break break off. Sultan runs out of the cave, uh, tackles. Um, well, no, what happens is McKinsey drops his gun. The gun fires. It spooks Sultan enough to run out and just tackle McKinsey who falls down the entire rock face. And then they just leave. They just leave. Uh, you know. And, yeah. And there's a thing that uh, I forget. Like, they leave and Paul's like, yeah, they're leaving. Uh, and then it goes to McKinsey on the boat. Yeah, he is bruised and bandaged and just lying there and is like, Shut, shut be, it all down. Don't be too straight to the conclusion of I'm going to sell the island. I'm going to sell the island. It's going to take me a long time before I can hunt again, if I can ever hunt again at all after these injuries. I respect this tiger more than you. It's like, dude, you rolled down a cliff. Or down a hill. Not not super... I mean, he's probably like... Probably pretty damn bruised. Yeah. I mean, he hit a lot of rocks on the way down. Gabby, when she saw that scene, went, is he dead? <laughs> I thought he was going to die. But then I remember it was a Disney movie. Yeah, you can't you can't kill a character by dropping them unless you don't see the body. Unless it's Clayton. Yeah. Or or if it's not Clayton. Or if it's not Clayton. Yeah. Ooh, huh. <laughs> He's heart. Oh. Uh, means heart because <laughs> obviously that's the conclusion to make oh this episode is just going to be unhinged this is our pilot episode. <laughs> hey we're really tired we're, we're loopy yeah we're, we're, we're putting on our best face I'm exhausted you're exhausted and we're talking about Keenum Heart which is already unhinged and Sultan, Sultan and the Rockstar, also unhinged. The best Disney movie, obviously. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Paul and Sultan are like, yeah, we've won. Uh, we just got to wait until Joe can get us out of here. Yeah. And then Alec comes back. Yeah. Alec, he who just got fired. Yeah, and is very mad and wants to take it out on on the tiger, and possibly Paul. Yeah, uh, I think in true Kingdom Hearts fashion, as he's walking up, he's like radiating with dark energy. Oh, definitely! Like he is about to spawn the boss. Yeah, I think at 
at this scene in the movie, uh, Paul and uh, Sultan see a boat on out on the ocean, uh, and they swim to it. My my favorite character. Uh, this character, uh, played played of course by the the wait no this isn't I was this, I thought this was Shug Fisher no this is we already met Shug. Yeah, we already met Shug. This guy, this guy seems like a shug. Oh, this guy definitely. This, like you understand my confusion. I understand completely. He is my favorite character. He deserves to be called Shug. Yeah. Basically, they climb aboard this random fishing boat, and this guy walks out of the cabin, and Paul is just like, "You need to help me, or I'm gonna sick this tiger on you." And he's apparently super chill about it. Yeah. Uh. Uh, at which point it goes uh, pans back to the beach where uh, we've lost Sit- uh, Stitch in all this. Uh, I think Stitch is like somewhere on the island. Um, there's we can probably hand wave some sort of thing where it's like I'm gonna I, maybe they they just didn't go to the same place because they didn't know Alec was coming back. They were just he's trying to get his ship back. Yeah. He needs to get back to the island. They're going to a different island. Yeah. Um, so he's watching this from the, the forest behind Alec. Yeah. W- which I I was going to, which is good because it means we don't have to leave out uh, the best, li- the best exchange in the movie. My favorite line. Alec, Alec looking out uh, and seeing this fishing boat and this fisherman and just going, <laughs> he was uh, so ready to defend that tiger with his fist joke. <laughs> yeah, and then that boat sails off. Uh and uh I think uh this isn't in the movie, but I think in the game we see Alec turn around and do like a big ah shout and <laughs> cut- see Stitch. <laughs> your your uh, yell cut off, and it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> You just sort of faded off into the distance. <laughs> I'm trying not to actually shout. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh and uh he turns around, sees Stitch. Uh explodes into the darkness. Yeah, I think like he fires a few shots uh from like his regular gun and, and then sh- just like Stitch dodges. Yeah. And then I think he just like raises the gun into the air and like maybe the darkness like erupts around all of them, like the dogs and everything, and they merge into like some sort of big heartless or something. I yeah. don't know. My first thought was something Cerberus like, but Cerberus already exists in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Um Cerberus with a gun. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, at which point, Stitch obviously beats the the boss. Yeah. And do you think his ship would wash up onto the beach just for convenience sake? Uh, I think like, 
I think a, an interesting way to go with it could also be just to lead into Stitch learning about friendship. Like, uh, I think Joe finds Stitch and is like, you've got some pretty weird technology. I think I found something that might be yours uh, and takes Stitch to uh, his spaceship. Joe coming in clutch there. Yeah. Uh, maybe even, like, gives his ship a jump using the... Um, the, the rust bucket of a pickup truck. Yeah, you know, that can definitely jump a spaceship. Obviously. <laughs> and they have, like, some conversation about hearts and friendship and stuff, because King of Hearts. Yeah. You're, as long as you think about them, it's not like you're truly saying goodbye. Yeah. As long as they're in your heart. Yeah. I know uh, Paul is sad to leave Sultan behind, but they will always remember each other. As the tiger left on an island that he is not indigenous to, and thus is an invasive species. Sultan is going to destroy the, the island that has, has been a part of, of my, my lineage for so long. The The ending of this movie is so lackluster and confusing. Yeah. Title card comes up. Sportsman's Island. <laughs> World over. Like, he could just buy the tiger. He's got the hundreds. Yeah. And, like, bring Sultan to a refuge. Anyway, we get the car. Yeah. Uh, and Stitch takes off. And I think what we talked about is, instead of next week uh, going to another Disney Plus movie, we are going to take a little break. And do a hub world? Yeah, I think we the next place we're going, uh, as Stitch takes off, the pickup truck jumping the ship did not work as well. And I think Stitch just sort of sputters and flies towards uh, the Radiant Garden, which is where we will pick up next time. Yes, in Radiant Garden, where so much shit goes down. Anyway, so that has been whatever the... Star Shard. Star Shard, whatever this is. We, we... Watch watch us come up with a better name, like, as soon as we hang up the call. Oh, yeah. We'll be like, ah, shit. We'll just... I'll just put in, like, Microsoft Sam saying the new name of our podcast. Just, uh, welcome to... Insert name here. Just got... It has to be the most robotic name or voice. Yeah. But yeah, we did yeah. it. It has been done. Yeah. I'm Goodbye. going to go fall immediately unconscious. <laughs> you deserve it. Go sleep. <laughs>